You're listening to Two Pauls and a Pod. I'm Paul Merriman. And I'm Paul Reid. Today's episode is all about investing. I can't wait for this one, Paul, because I'm very interested in investing, as you well know. Um, and Bruce just basically interested in uh, who and what and why people should invest. But before we get to that, how was your week? You were at the, you were at a few different. Uh, oh yeah, I was a busy week. man. Yeah, he yeah. was at the Laura Limbaugh um, yeah. on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, it was How'd good. That go? It was good. <laughs> it was really good. I had too much to drink going in, and then I was asked to launch. We did a, a raffle where we launched um, two tickets to the Ireland England game. Oh, class! Uh, so that's on the 18th of March to the box in, in Aviva Stadium, and they asked me to go up on stage to do it with Dev Toner. Um, no way! After the auction, uh, I was quite drunk by the time I was asked, so I had to sober up and drink about ten bottles of water um, in oh, between the, the meal. Yeah, kind of, kind of roaming night to be honest. I kind of had a hangover <laughs> in the middle of the night as well. But it was great. Loads of money raised. Yeah, uh, and our tickets uh, at today, as a record today, we've already raised 10 grand for those two tickets. Uh, and it's open until Saturday. So people listen to this today on Sunday, hopefully when we launch. Uh, you have a few days to get involved. So all the information on my Instagram page and the I Donate page for Laura Lynn. Uh, so it's great. 10 th- grand for the tickets already? Yeah, for two tickets already. Oh, so man, it was like class. you can buy a ticket for a tenner or I think it's tw- 100 quid gets you 20 tickets. So yeah. quite proud of it because uh, on the night there was only one one prize, or two prizes went over 10 grand. So... Uh, it's great for a good charity yeah, uh, yeah really 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 good charity it was a great night uh, other than the fact I had a drunk sober up hangover in three hours all in one night <laughs> <laughs> brilliant uh, you were just back in for a bit of a, a few yeah. days away I was I was you, in Manchester there we go it's a good accent yeah, I won't I try and Manchester. do it because every accent of mine is like a Pakistani accent so oh, I'm yeah. not going to try and do the Manchester well, accent mine is, uh, yeah. well, I'm an actor but they all sound Australian um, <laughs> so sorry you're just back at, sorry just for those listening again yeah. as a recording you've literally just come back in from the airport literally this moment uh, yeah it was snowing over there quite heavy so uh, we were had to de-ice the plane or something and uh, so yeah that's that's I'm a bit late recording here today and my voice is a bit gone as well because yesterday I can't really say much about it but it's for a video game thing and it's you know you see it on on some sometimes you see it on TV people recording these things where they have all the tennis balls all over them and yeah. the dots all over their faces and stuff And um, so yeah. you're the video game character I'm, I'm one of the characters in the video game running around with a gun can you give us the voiceover as you use it it was just like that kind of <laughs> get down I, mean, I can't shout I mean my voice is go gone. go 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 yeah literally yeah 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 <laughs> he's on me you know all that stuff and that's that's a different game um, but <laughs> it was crazy though it, it's really the future of a lot of things which I, I was, wasn't expecting but I had great fun doing it I'm absolutely knackered though because it's all physical but it's just like theatre it's just right. like thousands of cameras all looking at you all in this giant big room in this amazing studio very relaxed I learnt the lines went in learnt all the space jargon uh, for all this stuff and then your man um, one of the other actors is there going oh yeah did, what about the other scene I was like the what? And he goes, yeah, there's two other scenes. And I was going, no, there's not. I, I just got one. And sure enough, the way they send it is in a zip file or something. I just didn't see that you, no you scroll way. right or left or whatever. I was looking at my laptop. You dog at me homework. Oh my God. You can't get away with it there. You're just like in a giant open space with camera, thousands of cameras looking at you for getting your lines. But you don't because uh, they stick them all up on a giant screen anyway. They're like, oh yeah, we just have a teleprompter. That's what everyone does. And I was like, I was up all night learning how like <laughs> the space sergeant blew up a meteorite. Like, I don't know how, you know, it was, oh, it was a nightmare. But um, yeah, but then I just had to read off the screen. It was absolute joy. Great crack. They're all lovely. I always knew it was a handy gig. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was actually really happy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, right. I had to die 50 ways as well. They were like, just 50 deaths, literally 50. And I had to do all the sound effects. Oh, so if you're in the game and someone shoots you in the head, you die it. a different <laughs> way. Or if you die... Yeah, the... that's one. That's a shot in the head. <laughs> And as uh, <laughs> so you still talk after you're dead, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Help! <laughs> oh, that's so honestly, it's not. A, I thought they were messing. That's what we did. It's crazy. Anyway, okay. Look, investments. <laughs> um, if anyone says this, yeah, if, yeah. If you're still there, okay. Investments. So, what I wanted to ask you straight off the bat is, um, who should invest? Okay, so I'm going to start by saying absolutely everybody uh, should be investing. Um, I'm going to explain why in a couple of minutes, but before you invest, there's a few rules uh, that you want to be aware of. Mm. Uh, the first rule is that you want to have no short-term debt. In my opinion, you're better off overpaying your debt and getting yourself debt-free. I think we spoke about this in one of the other episodes. From a financial planning point of view, you want to have an emergency fund in place and try and get into a situation where you have no car loans, personal loans, outstanding credit cards, etc. The reason Deal is... With all that first. If you invest, you're typically looking at a long-term investment return. We would hope to get clients in between, say, 6 and 8% of a return a, a year. Okay, that's what we'd be hoping for. Um, and we'd be typically invest in equities. I'm going to get all of this in a couple of minutes. Yeah. Time. But equities and stocks and shares, uh, you know, you typically would hope to get that type of return over a 5-year, 10-year period. There's no point in trying to get... 6 or 8% with your money trying to because we'll go up and down in value over the years if you know you have an outstanding car loan with the credit union and it's charged at 8% Yeah, because yeah. you know if you overpay that with two or 300 quid a month or you put 10 grand off it you're automatically saving yourself 8% yeah. <laughs> so there's no trying to try to try make yourself gain 8% in the markets and it mightn't be 8 and it could be higher or lower when you know you can definitely pay off debt at 8% Yeah. so number one is clear your debt and then number two is to make sure you have an emergency fund in place and again, we spoke about this before, an emergency fund is probably at least a, a minimum of a thousand euro in a credit union or a post office or somewhere. You can get access to it quickly if something goes wrong. Then next of all, you want to make sure you have your short-term cash requirements. So we'd always say to people, or I'd always say to people from an Ask Paul point of view, if I was advising people, uh, that you should really have, you know, at least three to five years where you don't need access to this money. Now, just to say before we get into this as well, this podcast is a discussion podcast. It's not me giving advice to people. So yeah. I will say, if I was talking to a client, I might say A, B, C, or E. So just don't want people taking. But in general terms, new your noggin, clear your debt, emergency fund, and make sure you have short-term cash requirements. And I get this a lot of t- a lot of time when I ask Paul. Say somebody comes to me and says, Paul, we've got 20 grand saved for a house or 20 grand saved for a wedding next year. We're getting 0% return in the bank. Can we invest it? I'd say, hell no. Because that could easily go down in value between now and next year. Now you've got less money for your wedding and less money for your house. So you kind of need to really say, I don't need access to this for probably five years, three years if if you've got a bit of cash. But uh, I'd usually say probably five years is when you don't want to have to touch this money. Uh, And that's really important because typically speaking, when you go back and... Investing is really weird in that you'll always look back, but then the central bank will make advisors put disclaimers saying past performance is not a reliable to future performance. And that's to stop people right, yeah. scamming someone to say this fund did 20% last year, it's going to do it every year because yeah. it's not. Uh, so it's there to protect people as well. The central bank and the Consumer Protection Code do a really good job of putting, you know, making sure advisors put disclaimers on things and making sure clients really know what they're getting into. But that thing at five years is really important because. When you look back, and I'm going to say typically speaking, I'm going to throw typically speaking out there. 
when you look over a five-year period going back to maybe 1920, 1930, I can't remember what the dates are exactly, and you look at every five-year period, so 1921, 26, 22, 27, etc., you're probably going to look at investments and say, right, two out of every five years you've had bad or negative experiences, and three, you'll have a positive experience yeah. on average. Um, and that's why an advisor will always say you should leave it for five years because if anything goes wrong in the markets, they're going to probably have time. time to recover to get back out. But I'm going to go a step further and say you should always be investing and have enough money if you can that you don't need to touch your investment accounts right. um, and I'll get into that in a little bit as well but there's loads of ways to invest uh, and when I say I think everybody should be investing if you've cleared your short term debt and you have an emergency fund together and you know you have a few hundred quid or ten thousand or a million or whatever's left over uh, you should be always investing and yeah. always have money in the markets um, and I really believe that I think it's a really good thing to do I've done it um, and I haven't always done it yeah. I've done it when I got myself in a position to do it um, so yeah um, and then one thing before we get into this uh, session as well Paul I'd say is a lot of kids come to me oh, probably being derogatory saying that but people maybe early 20s or late teens maybe 18, 19 and they've got lump sums from COVID or they've worked their ass off if they got an inheritance or they had a claim that got paid out under 18. The biggest thing you can probably do is invest in yourself at that period of time or invest yeah. in experiences, whether it trips around the world or holidays. And it's not stock markets, it's not crypto. And you shouldn't be trying to make yourself a multimillionaire, in my opinion. Now, that's my life experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, and investing yourself might be college education uh, it might be you know uh, being able to work in a sector for free that you really want to work in because you have cash behind you to pay your rent or have a good time there's loads of ways for human capital where you invest in your own human capital mm. and I'd always in, try encourage people at that age to try and invest in their own human capital first before they go into stock markets and pensions and all that type of stuff um, so there's loads of ways to invest without having money as well Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. so there's some cool things out there but I do think investing yourself at that age is really important and, and you're trying to progress your career course, uh, and your life experiences as well which will experience as well future, yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah so get on a plane and go around the world if you have a few spare, spare a few quid quiz. yeah run and try to invest for yeah, 10 yeah. years time um, and just on um, what people invest in so there's a whole thing of like you know when I think of investments I think of Wall Street and all these kind of things yeah. big money you need to know the bank yeah. numbers all this kind of stuff but and also it, it also brings around to you know what you invest in and how much, if you have a little amount of money, you can still invest that little amount of money. When people yeah. often think, myself included, are going, oh, if you have like, I don't know, 100 grand to invest in whatever, st Apple stocks, like that's the kind of level of investment you should be looking no, at. No, it's not at all. Smaller. It's not at all. And in fact, my first experience of investing was that film Wall Street you mentioned. So, like, remember the film Wall Street? Yeah. That was my first thing where you look at you Wall just, Street. Sorry, I thought you meant you invested in the film Wall Street. <laughs> I was like, what age were you? Oh my God, I was so, I was eight. It was like yeah. took my communion money, man, all in on Wall Street. <laughs> Sorry, this guy Michael Douglas going places. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So no, you could. So my first experience was Wall Street, that film, and you're looking at people day trading across the floor, yeah. screaming, shouting at each other. That couldn't be further from what investing is in today's world. It, yes. it really couldn't. But I remember when I got my job, my first job in Irish life uh, in financial advisor, qualified financial advisor, um, and we were brought through investing and showing clients how to best. I was blown away with how easy it was to invest right. because even then it's going back almost 20 years ago now even then I thought it was still complicated um, it's the easiest thing in the world to do once you know how we're going to bring three people through it so 
I've got this thing where I set it up a few years ago called the Ask Paul Investment Club. Mm. Um, we pick a fund. Uh, the, the fund at the moment is a dynamic fund in Zurich. Now, we can change the fund at any stage, and we've got another fund in Standard Life for ethical investing, which I go through as well, and we're soon to open another fund, another life company. So what life assurance companies do is they provide what's called a kind of, what, let's just call it a wrapper service. So you can go into Zurich and the fund I use, and you can access that from 100 quid a month. So I can set up a direct debit for you today. You can put 100 a month in, and the fund has been around since 1989, okay? So right. 33, 34 years yeah. old, which is a phenomenal fund. It's a long time. It's a long time. It's time to have a fund open. The fund has two billionaires, okay? Right. So it has loads of people's money through pension investments and cash investments. So say your 100 euro a month or a client of mine that might have a million in it or two million or something that has 10 grand in it, five grand. It's made up of loads of it, so it's pooled investment, Is okay? this all just in Ireland? Like This it, is it, just in one... F- now, there's hundreds of these funds. Yeah, of course, so this is just yeah. one fund. And the reason I invest this fund has been around 33 years the average return for the last 33 years has been 10% per annum. Now, it's gone up and down in value, course, which yeah, I'll bring yeah. through in a second, but the average return over that period of time. So if you had to put, you know, a million in, and, or 100 grand, or 100 quid, whatever it was, on the first day in 1989, uh, you would have got a 10% per average return, which is phenomenal return. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and like I said, it has some really big years and really, really bad years. Like in 2007, this fund was down about 38% yeah. uh, because of the financial crisis. And within two years, it was up 40-odd percent. So it always go up and down value but on average is 100 10 10 per annum return which is phenomenal it invests in 50 uh, or sorry 650 odd stocks so right. the fund manager because they have two billion will attract and look at loads of different stocks they invest around the world so they got some money in north america they will have some money in europe and the uk they'll have some money in japan they'll have it in different sectors so they'll have it in the likes of tech sectors banking financial sectors construction limited and property and as well diversified okay now, that fund is actively managed. That the manager in Zurich will manage the money of that two billion and decide how much goes where and how it goes around the world. All right? So very, very simply, you can get involved with that fund from hundred quid a month. Now, you can also go into Davy Stockbrokers or Cantor Fitzgerald or any stockbroker in Dublin. Davy's probably the most well-known one. Um, and you go into Davy's and you can open a stockbroker account and you can also trade in there and pick stocks. Mm. So if you have ten grand, you can go in and pick up Apple, like you said, and different stocks. The, and you can actually use Revolut. Anyone that has a Revolut, you can go into Revolut and pick yeah, stocks these days. Option, yeah. Now, the problem with that is, you know, one, you're not going to be able to go in and buy 650 stocks with 10 grand. Yeah. You'd want a massive amount of money, like a good few hundred thousand euro, not towards what I mean, to be able to get value for diversifying the 650 stocks. Mm. So my way is you're piggybacking on someone else that's managing 2 billion for as little as 100 quid a month. Yeah. So I have clients in there. We've over 3,500 clients, I think, at the Aspol Investment Club. Now, the reason I started it was I was kind of said, well, I'll put my own money where my mouth is. I'll open an account. I'll put 500 quid a month in. I'll share it with everybody. Every month, I'll do a video and Zoom and I'll send it to everybody saying here's my account it's up it's down this is what to do yeah. and now I have two grand a month going in um, and I put a hundred grand into this fund before Christmas now I'm not saying that to be cocky but we obviously have some cash flow so but people in this club are doing it from 140 quid a month the children's allowance being recycled for kids education funds there's loads of people at the minimum there's clients of mine that have come in with millions from company sales there's people with pension funds in there with tens of thousands in it so it makes up everything and we adv- believe in it as part of advice equality so somebody comes in with 100 quid a month and someone comes in with a million they're able to access it where some of these stockbrokers will say you can't deal with us unless you have over half a million or two million or whatever the market and can is they, and people who do this in, in other places as well can they take it out anytime they want I just say yeah 
but this isn't a good thing to do and we probably okay. promoted this too much in ask Paul and that you can easy access and then people misunderstand it and they kind of use it as a positive account or they want to get in and out and it's not really right you want to be leaving it for five years you can access at any time but it's not something you'd be recommending someone do yeah. and this goes back down to Paul let's say you had 20 grand or let's say 100 grand whatever 10 grand uh, and you go into these tomorrow and say Paul 10 grand one invest I'd be saying well okay let's take 5 grand and let's leave the other five or the other 50 of us 100 grand yeah. and leave it in cash in case you need it. So if anything goes wrong, you take your money out of your cash account and therefore you don't interrupt your investment in that five-year period. Okay. So, and that's a very basic of investing. Now, the fund I use, and this is not to do being Zurich or we deal with loads of life companies, deal with loads of stockbrokers in my job as well. It's like a run seal of investing. It does exactly what it says in the tin. allows you to get in with just a direct debit. The tax is done for you by the, 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 the by the fund. So when you're leaving the fund, it's exit tax at 41% of your growth. So we get the tax in a second. It's a little bit more expensive than doing the stockbroker way as well. Um, and it's so clean and easy. But like I've seen loads of people online, which is, a, which is a great place to take a pop of people having a go at me saying, oh, this fund, you know, he's a millionaire and he's telling you the budget money he's going to get loads of commission and they're charging a fortune and it's 1% management charge mm-hmm. or if you use different funds if you go to your own portfolio if you buy stuff you pay lower tax when it comes to investing there's I said this before when we do the podcast a spreadsheet will always have a better way but some clients that don't have investment experience don't want to do it themselves don't want tax returns and are nervous so when they see someone like me who's been in the industry for 20 years and highly qualified and I'm saying this is a good enough way of doing it there's always going to be a better investment fund. There's, course, I, I yeah, cannot yeah. pick the best fund. I cannot pick the best because if I could, I'd be on a yacht somewhere yeah, yeah. as a billionaire and I wouldn't be doing this podcast. Much yeah. I love you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's always going to be a fund that will outperform another fund. And my job goes up and down. Exactly. Well. You can't pick them. So yeah. it's impossible. But you're looking for a fund that has a really good track record as well, diversified. And like I said, for the fact that investing today, if anyone's listening has never invested, for me to say, I can get you access to a fund manager has two billion. Do you want to piggyback on their coattails mm. and have access to 750 stocks from around the world with that fund manager? I think it's a great thing to be able to do. Yes, the management charge are a little bit more expensive, but what you get for that and the diversification, the management of the money, there's loads of other ways. So for argument's sake, you may have heard before, Paul, and people will sometimes say this to me online as well. You might have heard of an ETF. Uh, maybe, I don't know, what do you have or not? I've never heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so it's an, it's an electronic uh, exchange-traded fund. Yeah. So from an exchange-traded fund, um, when you look at an exchange-traded fund, they, Say it again, sorry. An exchange-traded fund. An exchange-traded fund. Yeah. Okay. So what will happen with this is that you can usually pick up and track what's called an indice. So they can be bought and sold pretty much like on the stock market or in a fund or in a stock broker as well. Um, and they're, they're like, they, they kind of track securities uh, or track different stock exchanges. So for argument's sake, you can tr- you can get um, a very good ETF that would maybe track the S&P 500. There's something I get online all the time, all the time. Just invest in the S&P 500. So the S&P 500 are the 500 big stocks on the New York Stock Exchange. So you can pick up in most places an ETF, which like I said, is just an exchange traded fund or what it stands for. So it's just a little bit of a fund that tracks what the S&P 500 does. So the S&P 500, if you hear people talking on the, mar- on the news, markets are up or markets are down, they're sometimes talking about the S&P 500. Mm. That's the 500 biggest firms in the New York Stock Exchange and it's massively over-indexed with a load of tech funds because tech funds are so massive in today's yeah. world, tech stocks. 
the problem for me with that is that people that attack me or say this online is that they're listening to American content and in America you can pick up one of these funds that will track the S&P 500 extremely cheaply and there's loads of different tax rules in America compared to Ireland as well and you can pick them up in Ireland as well by the way I just say but they're listening to American content saying it. Americans when it comes to their own stocks will always promote the S&P 500 but it's still just top 500 stocks in New York I don't like that. I want to have a fund that's diversified around the world. That has money in different sectors and different economies and different currencies and is diversified. And we've all been told since we've been kids, don't put all your eggs in one basket, et cetera, et cetera. So that's why for me, something like the fund I use that has this massive diversification. Now, other people say, well, Paul, if you want that, why don't you get an, an ETF that's going to track, uh, you know, the world index. So there's an MSCI world index, which basically tracks the world stock market in various different places. That's a really good option as well. The reason why I don't like it is that those funds will go up and down. So clients that have very or little experience to invest in markets, the biggest thing about investing is the behavioral finance, what you do when markets are down. So typically speaking, when that fund falls by 20, 30, 40%, if it did, the person that we're investing for, the client, is going to have a much n- more negative experience. Let's say they put 10 grand in and it falls to 4 grand. Now, the, the fund I invest in will probably fall to, you know, by 20% mm. because the fund manager can take 25% of the fund. So if they have 2 billion yeah, yeah. and they can put 25% in cash. So it's like an active managed version yeah. of that fund. And I just think that if you can show people that the fund manager has 2 billion, we want to try and see, can we keep people invested in the bad years? Because it's the bounce from the bad years to the good years when most of the money is made. And when people get out of the market when it's down and miss that bounce in their money, it's when their portfolio hurts the most. So when I see people having a pop me online, which I don't mind, by the way, but when I see people having a pop... It's never as simple as, I do think, by the way, the S&P 500 may perform better than the fund I'm in, and I know that. Yeah. I'm not an idiot. I yeah. know that. But I think the people that invest in it that are, have never invested before, which is what the Aspol Investment Club was about, trying to get beginners involved and learn about investing. And every month we send out a video of me showing my portfolio. Every week I send out an email talking about the markets and what's happened. Mm. We put on different webinars to educate people about investing. That's what the club is about. And the fund yeah. we pick is to get people dipping their toe in the market. It's not supposed to be for an experienced investor. But even me, I've my money in this. I've never bought a direct equity because yeah. I think it's like going into Paddy Power and picking a stock. And if you go back to, you know, COVID nineteen, Netflix was flying because everyone was at home and taking Netflix. Last year, Netflix was on the floor. Yeah. Like, it lost a lot of money. The geniuses that were in the pub on the rap are showing people, that oh, I invested in Netflix, you know, I knew the market was going to go. But they don't know how to get themselves out of that position. Mm. Or when? Because they haven't got research teams the way as the fund that has $2 billion does. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Of course They is. have hundreds of people researching what's next, what the economy's doing, where the opportunities are. Some genius picking up a bet of a mate in the pub to say, oh, yeah, boy, Tesla, Tesla's flying. Or, boy, Twitter, Elon Musk is going to buy. And look what happens then. So, I know I can build a house. By my, so, I have a house and I want to put an extension on it. I know I can go to YouTube and someone can show me how to build the extension. Yeah. Put foundations in. I know the rough basis of building yeah, yeah. a house or an extension. Dig a foundation, pour some concrete, get some blocks, get some wood, get some toils, timber, a bit of electricity going, and I'd make it. Mm. But I don't do that even though it might be cheaper. 
I hired a builder in that knows what he's doing, has the experience and make sure that the roof isn't going to collapse around me and my kids yeah. when we're sitting there having our dinner. Also, they and know where to source all that stuff. Exactly. And, they know how to get it and investing is the same. Yeah. Investing is the same. There's loads of cheap ways to try and invest. Um, and people show spreadsheets. If you have a 1% management share, it's going to cost you thousands over time. Yeah, it is. Shit costs money, including investing. Getting yeah. someone that has 2 billion to pay to manage your money, set up direct debit, set up the account, give you access to online. They all cost money and we're not living in America and we're not living in the UK. So one thing in America they have is a phone called, or an app called Robinhood. Mm. Robinhood is pretty much free to invest on. They've made tens of millions of clients investing. We don't in Ireland. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. we don't have that tech or that cheaper way of investing. Yeah. But also if you go onto some of these apps, you see in the back of it, they have disclosures, like almost like a Paddy Powerwood or a gambling company would. They have disclosure on a show and X amount of people lose money on this mm. because they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, of course. Because <laughs> they think it's easy to buy a stock when everyone's talking about it, but trying to get yourself out of position is the most hardest thing to do. So I think our funds that we use, 10% per annum, um, we're delighted with the club. Um, and I'm going to give you a few working examples of how these things work. Well, but yeah, it's, it's, it does sound like when you talk about it, the gambling stuff with that, where someone talks about investments to me, sometimes I think, oh, you're just taking a punt on something, as you say, like Netflix or Apple and all these kind of things. Yeah. And that's the problem. I think that it's the, again, it's a cultural thing as well, I'm sure as well. In, in America, it's it's much more um, clued into what I, the investment world is I think and how they're brought up and stuff. People with money, and this is really important, Paul, where you're going to think, mm. people with money and people that can make money think it's sexy. Yeah. So people want to be able to open their app and show, there's my portfolio. I've mm. put this together and look, I'm up 3% or 4% or 8%. It's not supposed to be sexy. It's yeah. just money. Yeah. And it's actually quite simple. Pick a fund that's well diversified, something that's managed well and managed well in downtimes in the past that makes you feel confident. And there's a million of options out there. Yeah. So I know loads of people in the S&P 500, which is great, fair play to them. I know loads of people sitting in cash and loads of people in property, loads of people that went into crypto, loads of people that have diverse portfolios, loads of people. I know one of my mates has a lot of art mm-hmm. and that's his thing. He just wants to buy art. He wouldn't buy anything else other than art. Yeah. I have other clients that just want to go into ethical funds that don't have any exposure to the likes of tobacco companies or military and, all, yeah. and they'll be happy getting a smaller return but no, they're ethically invested. Yeah. So it's never a one size fits all. And what I've tried to do is just pick a really good fund that has a really good track record yeah. that's very simple for people to understand to get them invested for the first time. And, and that's just, the basis of it. And just to go, like, as you say, you but know. But it's not sexy. It's not always, no, it's, it's, not it's sexy. boring. It's a direct debit, 200 quid a month. Well, we all know month, if someone says they're 10, sexy, they're more than likely not. Exactly. You know, I've exactly. never been sexy. Um, ah, you're all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Uh, if I was starting out, so I'm just bringing it back to uh, when that you should, and you mentioned that if you have, um, you know, a certain amount of money that comes into your life at a certain point, that you have clear your debts and and do all the things that you mentioned yeah. earlier. Um, when and how should they start? Uh, when I don't know anything about stocks, right? So yeah. what should I do rather than other than calling? Uh, a, so. A, if I was sitting down with you today for a financial planning consultation yeah. I'd be saying here's the fund I've invested in here's the fund I use I'd be explaining to you and I'm pretty sure you'll go yeah that's great yeah. I'm going to put X amount of money in once I don't need it for the next five years Yeah. so I'm bringing home whatever two grand ten grand five grand whatever your net take home is and you're saying you know what I can 
dip my toe in here and maybe put 200 quid a month together or else I have a lump sum my clients come to us with millions that they've sold their businesses from they've inherited money best buzz we ever get on a Monday if somebody rings they've won the lotto we mm. sit down and go through it's the same principle clear short term debt make sure you do various things and make sure you're in good shape before you invest yeah. actually for lottos lotto winners we always say don't do anything for at least 90 days Really? Just sit on it. Don't Why panic. Days? It's three months, and I think if time it sinks in, and tell nobody, because we I've seen a lot of winners do right. so wrong with their money, and yeah. that they've promised X, Y, and Z to family and friends, yeah. and it ends up becoming a burden and absolutely destroying their lives. And I've also seen a lot of winners manage their money exceptionally well, but be so confused about whether they should give up work, what their lifestyle will be, will they miss their friends and family? It's not to be yeah. a, like we've oh, dealt with a lot of lot a lot of a lot of winners. We've dealt with a lot of lot of winners, and I can tell you that the, the brain fuck that it is is actually scary. They yeah, haven't. Yeah. They just find it so overwhelming, and it's not. Yeah. Uh, it's not what people make it out to be. It's great that they become financially secure. Um, a couple of clients just thinking about the as I'm speaking here that won the lotto in the past and they still haven't parted with any cash or done anything and they're still in work because yeah. they're literally paralysed with the money yeah. um, so I know we all fantasise about and a lot of people listen we've definitely done the lotto when they think about winning them when they're checking the numbers imagine how they spend it it's right. not that simple I, it's not I, I've seen it and I was so shocked by dealing with a lot of winners yeah. how they actually handle it but um, I say the same take a bit of time and then the same principle Clearing short term debt. Now, obviously, if it's one of the law, it might be clearing your mortgage or clearing your car loan or whatever else. But it's still your debt. Like, it's still. It's still yeah. debt, yeah. And then put some money aside for the future. Yeah. And only invest anything you don't need access to for five years. Someone might want to blow the money. Someone might want to make pension top up. There's mm. loads of things you can do. So after five years, can I come back to you and go, listen, I'm actually ready to take that out? And, yeah, and but might... you shouldn't. I know, That's a I know. great question. So what we try to do is. The reason why you should be investing is to make your money work harder for you and beat inflation. This is really important, Paul. The fundamental reason, I'm going to give you a really good example here, right? The fundamental reason you should be investing is to beat inflation. If inflation was 2 3% and you could get 3% on deposit, you should possibly have your money on deposit with the bank and not be investing it because you're beating inflation. Yeah, yeah. But it's very rarely that happens because inflation is usually higher than what you'd get from the bank. So at the moment, you know, inflation is exceptionally high. It was 10% then 7% down to about 6 or 5 or 6% now. So typically over the next 10 to 15 years for me and you and I listen, you're going to see inflation of an average 2.5%, okay? Mm. So you should be beating it. But let's use a real life example. Let's go back to 2000, the end of 2018. Say you had 300 grand, okay? And you had 300 grand you left in the bank. The bank would have charged you zero, but it gave you 0% of that money because the mm. banks have 0% deposits, Okay. So you're getting practically zero, maybe 0.25 or 0.35, but practically zero, okay? Now, if you go back to 2019, the beginning of 2019, and you look at a house that was 300,000 euro, mm. okay? House prices, I think, have been in around 7 or 8% on average, probably a bit higher than that, but let's just say it was 7 or 8%. That 300 grand house would now be costing you 420 grand. Mm-hmm. If you left your money on deposit at 300 grand, it'd still be worth 300 grand. So the decision not to invest has automatically just melted your money away by 120,000 euro. Because yeah. the house price went from 300 yeah. to 420. So you wanted your money to go from 300 to whatever it was going to be. Yeah. A hell of a lot higher. Now, investment, if you had invested in the fund I used over that period of time in 19, 20, 21, 22, you would have got about 420 grand. And sorry, house price would have been more 370,000. Your 300 grand house would have went to, well, sorry, 377,000. 
and the fund would have went to four hundred grand house would have went, went to sorry to, to three hundred seventy seven thousand yeah. with inflation from nineteen. So nineteen, twenty, twenty one, twenty two, with house price inflation being about seven or eight percent, your three hundred thousand would have went to three hundred and seventy seven thousand. That's what it cost you. Yeah. So sorry, you would have been missing seventy seven grand if you had a set in cash. Yeah. If you had invested in air fund, you would have went up to four hundred and twenty grand after charges. So you still be able to buy the house and still have what the Few. goods of forty odd grand change. Okay. Now in that time, the fund was down last year 80 and odd percent. It was a bad year for equities, but it had phenomenal growth before that. So I think that's really important for people to, to, to understand. You're trying to beat inflation. It's not about being cool, being sexy, having the right phone, having the right apps on your phone, rather, that will show you that you're up 10%, 15%. The very base of investing is trying to just beat what inflation is because if you don't beat inflation, your money's melting away in front of you. Mm. Even if it's only 2.5% a year. But 2.5% a year, when people talk about inflation, 2.5% a year is just that kind of average goods. But we know car insurance is up more than that. House prices are up more than that. So depending on what you're doing with your life, you need to be making a decision to invest to try and beat inflation. Otherwise, your money's melting away in front of you. Okay, that's great. And so um, that's the benefit of not p- putting it just in a savings account. You get a lump sum of money, you just put it in a savings account. You just Yeah, but you should be putting your cash in there that you need for the next two or three years so if yeah. you're getting married next year or you know you're, your you're, you're buying a house you need to put it on deposit because you need to access that money in the next year or two okay. so you have to put up with the inflation damaging your money because you need access so there's no kind of and sometimes you just have to take the hit in inflation because you need access to your funds yeah, yeah. but you know if somebody's 30 and they've got a hundred grand that they don't need access to and they're still working or somebody want to go out and blow their money or if they want to keep it for the future and say I might retire at 55 and I'm going to use that money well that should be invested you can't leave it sitting in deposit for 15 years yeah, yeah. literally melting away in front of you with inflation um, that 30, 30 year old 35 year old with 100 grand by the way very good job uh, fair play to them um, what is the risk though of them putting into investments great so let's talk about risk so risk comes with a big health warrant here so the Central Bank of Ireland uh, had most advisors using what's called an ESMA risk rating okay so an ESMA, ESMA. risk rating yeah ESMA is like a security risk so what happens is you get usually an ESMA risk rate between 1 and 7 Paul right mm-hmm. so 1 is low risk 7 being high risk and they're colour coded from green to red so 1 is green which is like really 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 safe mm-hmm. okay I'm using a bear to comments and nobody can see me doing uh, and seven is red and really high risk you're doing horns in your head doing there. horns in the head for the high <laughs> risk <yeah. laughs> he wasn't <laughs> now the thing to worry about here is that it doesn't necessarily so the fund I use goes between a five and a six and I'm going to say why it goes between a five and a six it goes between a five and six because it will have more equity content. So when we talk about risk, we actually talk about what's called volatility. So volatility is the money going up and down in value in short amount of time. Mm-hmm. So if you have something that's invested in a load of stocks and shares, equities, they're going to experience a higher volatility higher volatile period, okay? Because they're investing in stocks and shares, they go up and down all the time. If you're in a cash account deposit, you know, your money is not going to go up and down in value. But usually the lower the risk, the lower the return. Because <laughs> mm. we know that one is green. Now, one is green, and we're saying to clients, that's the safest option. It isn't the safest option because we know inflation is, whatever, on average 2 3%. And we know the bank is giving you zero. Mm-hmm. So we're actually saying we know your money is losing value over the next five years sitting in a risk one, even though it's green and even though it's low risk. 
when you go up to the higher risk funds, the fund I use, being around for 33 years, like I said, has a 10% per annum average return over that period of time. And yes, it will have a high volatility and will go up and down in value a lot. And that's why you leave it every five years. Because you know you're going to experience highs and lows. So the 30-year-old coming in, we're going to say over a 15-year period, we're probably going to easily get that 6 to 8%, hopefully, hypothetically speaking. But we know it's going to go up and down in value. Mm-hmm. that's why we don't want you access in the first five years because you know you're going to have more ups and downs in the first yeah. five years. So over a 15-year period, equities will typically be, if you go back over 15-year period since 1930, equities in the past have been the best performing asset class. Mm. So if you know that historically, equities are the best performing asset class. So talk about asset classes. We have stocks and shares, we have cash, we have bonds, which are corporate bonds or government bonds, which is basically IOUs to a company or a government. Um, and then you might have property and commodities and various different things in there. So of all those different places to invest your money, we know that on the long term, equities outperform everything else. Mm-hmm. But yes, they go up and down in value, so they're volatile. So then you look and say, well, how do I de-risk? If I know equities are the best, how do I de-risk? Well, you don't want all your equities being in just tech stocks. You want them diversified. You don't want them all sitting in North American equities. You want them around the world. You don't want them all. Th- yeah, then you're getting back the into diversification. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're back saying, great. So, Paul, I know I want an equity portfolio that's diversified, has done really, really well, but I might want to be managed because I want someone to look at it still. I don't just leave it there 15 years. Okay, we get you a managed fund then. And then we look at something like the fund I'm using 10% per annum since 1930 on average, or since yeah. 1930, over the last 30 years, or since 1989. So when you look at that, and that's where investment advice or someone you trust becomes really, really important because and the central bank and all investment, you're not allowed to look back to say past performance is a future good. But unfortunately, like anything in life, you'll always look back and say, how well has that done or what's happened? So it will be a, a guide roughly. Yeah, uh, but that's yeah. there to stop people mis-selling and to stop people showing one-year performance of 10% and pretending it's going to have it forever. And like, there's some really good funds out there that have outperformed the fund I'm in, but they haven't had a track record like 30 years, so I yeah. wouldn't put money into them. Because yeah, I want something that's a really good, yeah, I want something that's had a really good track record. And that's just my personal advice as, a, as an advisor. So... Does that make sense with that 30-year-old and return at 55? So you're saying you're 30, you've got 20, sorry, you got 25 years to 55. Or 40, say 25 or 45. Yeah, so 25 years. So over 25 years, sorry, I'm saying 15. Over 25 years, think they're 45. Over 25-year period, you go back over any 25-year period, equities will have outperformed everything else that you're going to invest in. And so, so except for the genius that pops up and tells you about crypto, but we're going to leave that for a completely oh, different episode. A whole other episode. All another episode. Can't wait for that. Yeah, it's yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, but so when they, uh, so this person wants to take out that money. Like when, when can you, when so, can you have access to the money, or when so should you? I want my clients having rolling access. So this is what I say to people mm. all the time. Really important. Way rolling invest. access. Rolling access. So let's say you put in. Just say over five years or 10 years, I'd always try to get people, hopefully to get about 30 grand, okay? So, you know, if you're putting in 250 quid a month, three grand a year, with a bit of growth, there might be eight or nine years by the time you get 30 grand. Now, the reason why I like that is, let's say you're putting 250 in and you put up to 300 a month, 400 a month, 500 quid a month. When you get to 30,000 and you want to buy a car or you want to change the kitchen or your kids are going to college, there should always be enough in a 30 grand account for you to take the money out but continue investing. Mm. And that means you're spending your money and the interest that you've earned rather than borrowing that money and paying a banker interest. 
And that's the beauty of investing. When you fo- it's not about being cool and saying I've got the best stock or I've done this 10% performance or I've done this and that on one stock or this 80% or whatever nonsense you hear people talk about. It's small amounts of money invested for a very long period of time that you should be doing forever. Mm. So if you come in and sit down with me tomorrow and we say, Roy Paul, we're going to put an investment portfolio together and you're going into this fund and it's going to be 250 good a month. I don't want you stopping in five years. I want you stopping when you're dead. Mm. I want you always having that money there. So you can benefit from it while still investing. Exactly. In so let's say you come in 10 years time and we say, I want to change the car. I want 10 grand. It's not better taking out your investment account rather than borrowing off the bank because you hope you've earned at least four, six, seven, eight percent, whatever yeah, it is yeah. over that period of time. If you had been in the last 10 years, you would have earned over 10% per annum. Mm-hmm. So now you're spending your own money, a bit of interest and a bit of growth in the fund as well. And instead of having a car loan for 300 quid, we say, great, if you're going to pay 300 quid in the car loan, Let's up your investment account to 500 quid a month now instead yeah. of 250. And replenish the investment account that way. Yeah. So you should Depend always, yourself. and that's where you become your own bank. Yeah. Because you're earning interest rather than paying interest to a banker. So you're, and that's the trick that nobody gets. Mm. It's not about being cool or being sexy. And I keep saying the sex thing because I just think people get so carried away with investing and they see the fast cars, you see the, you know, the, this thing online about trying to, Loads of people miss kind of selling FX trade and all this absolute nonsense. Um, it's slow and steady wins the race when it comes to investing. So, you know, the, the people investing in these things, you mentioned all those kind of things, the advertisements you see online. It's a very Americanized kind of yeah. uh, way of investing and stuff like that. Well, people are looking for a quick book, which everyone is. <laughs> yeah. You know, people want to make money quick and they think, oh, geez, I'll get into like the, the likes of NFTs and all this kind of thing, which look <laughs> and I heard talked about as a simple kind of. Uh, they're fucking not simple. No, I know they're not simple. And but people so, are investing in shit they don't understand. So should people not invest? If they're looking for that quick book, they shouldn't no, invest. No, they shouldn't. And look, we get into cryptocurrency again. I mentioned NFTs yeah. there as well I mean if you look at the NFT space if it did, did it make sense to you no absolutely not no and it made sense to nobody the amount of celebrities that I went know, into yeah. this thing and change I see one more fucking Egypt with a gorilla on their profile picture <laughs> that's now lost potentially tens of thousands yeah. and I see advisors doing this was even yeah, more yeah, frustrating yeah. it's nonsense now when it comes to that type of thing and I've invested in cryptocurrency okay invested in bitcoin uh, and we did this a while ago. It was less than 1% of my overall wealth. And the reason I did is the fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. So I took a punt, put in less than 20 grand, went up to about 29 grand, came back down to 14 grand. It was back up to 26 there a while ago. Now, I've left that there money. for. I'm lucky enough that I can afford to leave that there. Yeah. And I'm going to live there for probably 10, 15 years or whatever it is. Yeah. I don't need access to it. I don't need it. And it was more to keep me in with what was going on and with engaged, cryptocurrencies. Yeah, again, yeah. engaged. And then when it fell really low, it was like, you know what, this is going to go back up again. And you know what, it's going to go back up again. This is hard to say because I'm an investor in it. I'm not trying to mislead anybody. But there's so many people out there that are trying to make a quick book that they're going to go back into crypto when there are waves at some stage in the future. And I know, I think today crypto sits about 20 odd grand. I know it's going to go back up to 50 at some stage because there's that many people that are going to invest it and you know what the fuck they're investing in or yeah. why. And they're probably like me. Oh, I better invest just in case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I understand blockchain and I understand this concept. I think it's really good. I think it's going to be here for the foreseeable future. We're all going to be reliant on it in 10, 15, 20 years but it wasn't designed to turn us into millionaires. Mm. It was designed to take us away from central banks that we could have money move around the world in a decentralized manner without somebody keeping tabs on it. That's all it was designed for. But what we've done is we've created these 
and even these coins, I can create a coin today. Like I have over 100,000 people on Instagram. I know I could create a coin today and push it so far that I could probably make myself a few million of it. I could do the pictures if you want. Let's just do it. What are you talking about here? I do art. I do if art. we could get a euro coin with two guys in it, uh, we yeah, could launch it just... as a two Pauls coin. But yeah. no, seriously, I know, I'm honestly, serious. I know that I could create a coin today on one of the platforms from a crypto point of view and push it out to my 100,000 followers and probably get enough people to say, you know what, he might be right. Yeah. Let's fuck a grand on this or two grand or five grand. And that's what this has been about. For the majority of people that have invested in crypto, invested in NFTs, it's been the fear of missing now and haven't got a bog's notion mm. what they're investing. Gary Vaynerchuk spoke about one of the other episodes, loved the guy to bits, think he's a legend, you know, really following before I launched Ask Paul and probably wouldn't launch Ask Paul without looking at his content. He created an NFT. I got up at four o'clock in the morning, I think it was, when he launched his NFT. And I spent so many days researching his NFT and I hadn't got a fucking clue what he was talking about. Yeah. And I didn't invest in it. Yeah. Now, it shot up like an arrow and it's lost money since. But I just wouldn't invest in it because I didn't just understand didn't. it. I just don't. But if you can create something, if me and you can take a picture today, and, or an artist can take it but I've been to loads of art galleries to loads of art galleries and looking at that going that's not art to me yeah, of course. but somebody else will Someone walk else in the room and say that's worth a million I say yeah. what my kid would do better how many people say that about art yeah. so subjective and that's what NFTs were in the end yeah. But it collapsed so easily because it was so fickle and so many people where and they were all describing the art of the Mona Lisa and all this I heard it so many times mm that you don't own the original NFT or people taking yeah, the yeah. first tweet or the first basketball dunk by somebody and turn it into an NFT. That's nonsense. Yeah. It's just so ridiculous. And if you do want to invest in Podcoin, <laughs> uh, get in touch with Paul and ask Paul. Podcoin. <laughs> we'll have it there by the end of next Very month. Very good. And I'll have a Excellent. Picture I feel a competition coming up. For those that are listening back to this, we're going to do a competition on Just if we were going to launch a cryptocurrency, yeah. what would it be called? Uh, yeah. I'm going to go with Podcoin for that quiz. Um, that's brilliant. So just very lastly, and it is lastly, because what if you die? Uh, it's the last thing what happens is it's just that's just a basic will kind of thing if you have an investment yeah the fund just pays out actually yeah the fund just pays out uh, to the estate to the estate of to the, the estate yeah that's it gets simple. in cash the day you die as well so even if it's not in cash for Does a couple it? of weeks or a couple of months somebody finds the date of death that's used the for the price and yeah yeah wow cool question okay. uh, so yeah it just goes back into the estate um, but yes yeah, just normal will not things and I know people are probably trying to get from this podcast by the way that I'm going to break down we'll, be, we'll probably do another podcast raising the best from property how best to work that out because that's very popular in Ireland obviously I could talk and this is another thing there's so many books out there in investing and the reason we created the Aspot Investment Club was that if I could just put money into something and show people what I'm investing in on a monthly basis and open up my account and mm. show them and send them a video. So I've been doing this for three years. Every month, I've sent out a video saying, here's my account. It's up, it's down. I've gone from 500 quid a month to 750 to 1,000 to 1,500 to two grand a month as the years progress through. And loads of people have followed that. Now, loads of people have not increased. Loads of people are still putting 100 quid in, yeah, thousands yeah. in, there's millions in there. It's diversified for everybody. You don't need to know about investing you need to know how to get to an investment manager in my opinion mm. so I'm here to de to, to, to just demystify I I can't tell somebody in a podcast everything they want to know about investing but I can give someone access to a fund where there's a fund manager managing 2 billion and she's going to manage your 500 quid or 600 quid or 200 quid a month and that to me is amazing and yeah. that's what people forget so you say how do I invest well forget about how you invest there's a fund manager managing 2 billion over there and they let you into their phone with your 200 quid a month. How does that sound? 
that sounds great that sounds and I get the same resp- return as everybody else yeah the guy who has millions in there and at 2 billion gets 10% your 200 quid gets 10% yeah well well, it's that's like, it's like most brilliant. things. If you go on the internet looking for something and you're going to find a million options, but if you get it from a trusted source, exactly, you get an, an option, you're going to take that option more than likely. That's know? all we're, we're, we're trying to do with it. But um, yeah, that's great. That's I think we'll, we'll probably uh, revisit investing as well. And as you say, property investments and all these other kind of investments that you could go into as well, rather than just an investment club. 100%. Like that, so. Yeah, sorry. That's just one, one solution of that course. we brought to the marketplace. There's many. loads of ways to invest. And again, people come to us with lump sums like that person that was 30 for 100 grand mm. they possibly shouldn't have all the money in the investment club they should possibly put into pensions and get tax rate before they go into something like the investment okay. that we use so there's loads of weird and wonderful ways to do this um, and it's never a one size fits all well let's get into that uh, another time as well but also if any listener out there wants to kind of uh, wants advice on that, those kind of situations or um, they want to know which kind of thing to invest in yep. first send us a message send Paul a message on his Instagram yep. and stuff like that and we can we can uh, we can address that because we're going to take a lot of listener questions as well in the future. We are indeed, yeah. We're going to open that big So up. many, we're just like, right, let's just do an episode on yeah. on that basically. But um, but we'll have investment episodes again and uh, we'll definitely um, address what you guys have to, have to um, say. Have to say. Or ask. Yeah. Great. So guys, this has been the last episode in the first series of Two Pauls in a Pot. Really enjoyed it. You? I've absolutely loved it I've learned so much stuff um, I, I came in sweating and I'm leaving sweating because <laughs> uh, it's just so much information to take on but I have to say and I've been getting a lot of feedback from friends and just again random people on the street running up to me no, um, saying oh my god you're much better looking than I thought and all that stuff but regardless of that they've also been saying um, that they've re-listened to quite a lot of episodes as well yeah. which, is, which is brilliant and that's what I do to a lot of podcasts that I listen to as well and on other subjects I, I go back and re-listen quite a lot to yeah. particular time that I want to know so um, we're really really happy with how things are going and uh, and the kind of interaction with everyone that's listening it's been brilliant yeah well look that's what it's been all about it's been trying to bring a little bit more content wise obviously from an Instagram point of view and TikTok and all the same draw short form so hope everybody has enjoyed it uh, we'll be back very soon with a very exciting series too can't wait uh, can't wait love that can't wait oh sorry <laughs> and if anyone's looking for a voice <laughs> Paul's available yeah. um, what I will say is a massive thank you to our team so it's not us two alone in the studio and as people have said to me as well they can hear the guys laugh in the background every so often yeah, yeah, especially yeah. Claire <laughs> <laughs> Shane doesn't get, get it too much now I will say massive thank you uh, to Claire Darity and Shane Dempsey it's been great it's been brilliant uh, and, great and thanks for helping us on the first episode first series as well it's uh, much appreciated yeah thanks guys you put in a lot of hard work and we really appreciate it you said that so sarcastic you did put a lot of hard work <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah, well done. Well done. (laughs) So, guys, listen, thanks very much for listening in on the first series uh, and keep the feedback coming through the Instagram page. Thank you.